0: Thanks for listening to The Issue Podcast. Be sure to follow our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast or Twitter at just the issue podcast. Catch us Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Yo, what's up? It is... Monday, August 10th. We are back with our 16th episode of The Issue here in week six. This is our sixth week. Um, Pretty excited for you guys to uh, hear
0: what we have today. We have a pretty loaded episode. I'm here with Tim. Um, Very excited. Yeah, we're going to get into a little bit of Trevor Lawrence, a little bit of just college football in general and what they're doing um, with the whole pandemic and if they're going to play or not. I mean, the Big Ten, we don't know. Um, stories leaking out left and right. They're going to play. They're not going to play. We'll see. Um, and then we got uh, – Yeah, we're we'll get into <clears> – <throat> Excuse me. A little bit of news and then our uh, our divisional segment.
1: Yeah, we have our seasonal divisional segment um, coming up later in the episode. Um, yeah, so that will be the NFC North today is what we're covering. NFC North, the Vikings, Packers, Bears, and the Lions. We're going to give you guys a rundown, the MVP – the offensive MVP, defensive MVP, the pop player, and the top rookie of the division. That will all be coming up later in the episode, so make sure you listen yeah, all the stick way stick around,
0: yeah. So, first, I know you have a – Yeah, I wanted to get into uh, – like I, we were talking with um, – so we were going to get to Trevor Lawrence, so I'm just going to jump right in here. He, he's the next right quarterback in the league, as say, it's not all stats. So Trevor Lawrence, obviously, he's physically gifted. He's, he's unreal physically. I mean, he's 6'6", 220. He technically says he runs a 4.7, but I mean, that was like coming right out of high school. I think he probably runs more of a 4.5 to a 4.6 now, which is insane. Yeah, that's really good. He's got an absolute cannon for right arm. He's got ridiculous arm strength and accuracy. He's just so physically gifted. But now he adds or and is really starting to display even more so um, the most valuable thing that he can have as a young, talented quarterback who's about to enter the NFL. Um. He, he's a, he's got a really good head on his shoulders, and he's now really um, starting to develop his leadership and his just community, his role in the community. I um, mean, he's just so well versed. He's socially adept. He's just very smart, and you've seen it. He's on board with all the social changes. and He's been a leader in uh, in those. He's exactly what you're looking for in a quarterback. Like right now, I mean, from top to bottom. Like build build a perfect quarterback right now in the NFL. Build your perfect NFL quarterback. I mean, for speed, you'd go Lamar. I mean, he's so fast, it's not even close. Um, but Trevor Lawrence is pretty fast, too. He can run like a gazelle. He's got those super long legs. Um, I'm not saying he's as fast as Lamar, but I would give him a top 10 speed, I mean, for sure. And quarterbacks. Yeah, for quarterbacks, I'm I'm saying, yeah, for sure. Um, arm, you'd go, you'd go Patrick Mahomes. I don't think it's an argument. I think maybe Josh Allen, but his is kind of reckless. Um, I think you'd go arm for Mahomes. And I'd argue – that at this stage, at this age, Trevor Lawrence has an actual better arm than Patrick Mahomes, and it's pretty much just as strong. I mean, maybe right behind him, but it is a top three arm in the league right now. When, as soon as he comes into the league next year, he'll have a top three arm. It's not even close. I mean, maybe four behind Carson Wentz, maybe. But I still think he has a stronger arm than than probably Carson Wentz. And I love Carson Wentz. I mean, for brain, like head, um, baseball IQ, you'd, you'd go Tom Brady. I mean, at this stage of his – but at this stage of the career – Trevor Lawrence is far more advanced than Brady was. At 20 years old, Trevor Lawrence is an absolute phenom. He's a, he's a stud. He's so smart. He executes game plans incredibly well. Um, they have they have pretty much an NFL staff there at Clemson, so he's not – I mean, come on. He walked in his freshman year and won a national championship. I mean, yeah. He clearly – I mean, just the head on his shoulders, he's incredibly smart. He's designing game plans. He's executing game plans along with an NFL staff, basically, at Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's just insane Their Elusiveness, he'd probably go you he'd go Russell Wilson. But if you watch Clemson Highlights, Trevor Lawrence doesn't get hit all that much either. He's very quick in his cuts. Um, also, he's huge. So if he does take a hit, it's not going to kill him as much as it as it would Russ, who's like 5'10". Um, And then for accuracy, I don't think it's a – it's crazy to say Drew Brees is probably the most accurate quarterback, at least short and intermediate. And I would say Trevor Lawrence right now has about 90% of the accuracy Drew Brees has on short and intermediate routes but I would actually give Lawrence the edge right now because he throws a better deep. He throws a more accurate deep ball than, um, than Drew Brees can. So Trevor Lawrence is an absolute prodigy. It's not even close. He he has the least amount of reason to want to play this college football season. Dude's locked in for millions. He's going to be the top quarterback taken. Mm -hmm. He's going to be signed for a crazy amount of cash. No matter what happens. Yeah. No matter what happens, but he's pushed harder than anyone to get this season ironed out and to get it going. Um, and then, obviously, you see it um, with the social changes. He's obviously white. He comes from a pretty privileged family, and he's got a full ride to Clemson, all the privileges you can ask for. Yet he's been on the front lines for social change. He's just been out there. Um, he's been an incredible, incredibly mature um, person, and he's and he's also proven on the field how mature and how poised he is. Yeah. Um, he's actually organized a fundraiser for COVID nineteen. He actually fought the NCA for it. Yeah. Um, so he's just been an outstanding community member and. And an unreal football player. I cannot wait to see him in the NFL because I think he's going to be incredibly successful. Yeah, and- like very, very successful. I think successful. I think he's going to be a top fifteen quarterback rookie year, mm-hmm. like top top of the league, top half of the league, which uh, for a rookie is really good.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, I wouldn't disagree with you there. I mean, he's a.
1: Like you said, just has a great head on his shoulders, too, and, and the extracurricular stuff he does off the field. I mean, he's, it just, he's, goes, he's just ready for the NFL. He's, he's ready just for so that, well-rounded. Yeah, for that PR department in
0: the NFL. He's going to be the next face of that NFL. I think he's going to be the next face of the league, and not yeah. even just that team he gets drafted for, the next face of the league, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, my
1: story here, I want to get into it. Um, it, once again, in college football, and it's about the Michigan ho- head coach, uh, Jim Harbaugh. And he released a statement on Monday advocating for the football season to be uh to be played in the fall. Did you did you see this at all? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um he said in a statement, he said, I am not advocating for football this fall because of my passion or our players' desire to play, but because of the facts accumulated over the last eight weeks since our players returned to campus on June thirteenth. He says he goes over this and um he makes a case for why the season should still go on safely, um, he, saying that the program had zero positive tests out of the last 353 administered tests. To that yeah, I,
0: I mean, it's arguably the safest place. It's almost like the bubble we're seeing. It's a modified version of the bubble that you're, you're seeing in the NHL and the uh, NBA. Yeah, because they're on the college campuses yeah, by they themselves. Have, they basically. have world-class trainers, world-class doctors. Facilities, everything. Oh, the facilities are Anything crazy. Um I mean, you're telling me you can't. If you're worried about like cleaning stuff, you saw the um the Denver Broncos had that like little spritzer um, sanitizing mm-hmm. machine. You can't hire like a cleaning crew to come in and like yeah. clean it, you know? Like, I mean, there's definitely things you can do. It's probably safer than being at home. Yeah, um, zero positive tests among the coaches, the
1: staff, and the players in t- the entire eight weeks of testing. Uh, he says, following CDC guidelines and self-implicated, implemented stricter standards for contracting, tracing, and quarantining to prevent the spread, you know, can get, get us some football this uh, this fall. Yeah. Um, he says that they've developed a great prototype for how they can make it work um, so that other uh, teams, other organizations will, can look at this and kind of go based on how Michigan did it. Um, he said, "I'm forever proud of our players, parents, and coaches and staff for being leaders and role models in our sport, at our institution, and in society. We will continue to follow all health and safety guidelines, teach, train, and coach these young men and their families that have put their trust in us, while advocating for football season in the fall." I mean, I don't disagree.
0: They've, I mean, I they've they done it. To play.
1: They've yeah. done it. So that it's not impossible to do if teams really want to play they have the option to, but they just have to follow the guidelines and make sure their players are following the guidelines this is probably the biggest thing. Absolutely. Um, because what they're saying now, I mean, so and we're going to get into more in depth later,
0: but the big 10 says that they're ready to cancel it. You know? They're, they're seriously discussing it. Yeah. So many more than other conferences are. I think the SEC is going to play. Um, I think the big 12 is going to play. I think, Maybe the ACC, but I would not be surprised if the Big Ten, the Big Ten cancels. I really think the Pac-12 is in in some jeopardy. Yeah, the Pac-12 is in, in some hot water,
1: especially just their location. They're in hot spots right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, and just like I don't know, the games just really become regionalized. Like college football is really regionalized, and you're just not seeing a lot of top recruits go out that way anymore. Yeah, it's just the talent out there is just lacking. You see a lot of guys going to the SEC and Big Twelve for quarterbacks and stuff like that. So they're just there's losing guys everywhere. Yeah, I I'd like the, the Pac-12 is now
1: becoming more of the ACC and the, even the is gaining I I'd, I'd say is
0: a little bit more talent, I would say. More talented than the Pac. I mean they're yeah. definitely the third uh I mean the ACC is probably the fourth most talented um division or like yeah. conference or whatever. Um I would say the is one, then Big 10, and then probably the Big 12. I mean just the the professional players they pump out. Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield. I mean, like you're just seeing like results. You yeah, know? absolutely. But the yeah. I mean, ACC still got still got some good guys. I mean, Pitt, Pitt produces more NFL guys than almost any school. No one thinks of it, but they do. Yeah, I mean, Fitz- Aaron Donald, Larry Fitzgerald, Le- Sean McCoy, Deion Lewis, even James, Darrell Conner. Revis, James Connor. I mean, yeah, Tom Savage was actually a starting quarterback in the NFL for a while, yeah. for like two years, if you could if believe that. So I mean, Pitt pumps out pro guys, so. Yeah, they do. They have
1: actually they do a phenomenal job at it, but they just can't put those those great guys can't together. in Ws, yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, that moves on. I know you got a nice cold take for us
0: today. Yeah, I do. Uh, I am actually the subject of my own cold take today. Oh, that hurts. Yeah, um. What day was it when we did the top baseball players? Is that Friday. So we did our. Oh, uh, yeah, that
1: was Friday. We did our
0: top five uh, MLB players right now currently? Yeah. Um, I had Zach Britton at number five. I mean, he, he had been performing really well. And I uh, had Fernando Tatis Jr. in my honorable mention, about six or seven um, around there. Well, Zach Britton, he blew a save. <laughs> so he, I would say, drops down. And Fernando Tatis just getting out is just not in his vocabulary right now. He just can't figure out how to, how to get out. Teams just can't get him out. Um, he's now tied for the league lead with eight home runs. He's hitting 333 with adding 18 RBI, RBIs, four steals. Oh, oh, and he he feels a thousand percent so far this year. Um, he has not made an error yet this year. I would say he's easily the second best, third best player in the league right now. I actually in conversation with Aaron Judge if he can keep this up for another week or so. I mean, he's been phenomenal. I was totally wrong. He's been great. Um, so I, yeah, that so you, kind of a nice school taker. So- I predicted that Zach Bryan would keep it going. I actually said that uh, maybe even Trevor Bauer was not my number six, and Tatis was more towards a seven. And uh, he's proved me way wrong. He's up to number like two now, I would say. And if he keeps going for another three or Tatis four games like this, I would put him at, uh, at one above Judge if he keeps continues on this on this trail. Well, Judge would also have to fall off a little bit for you to do that. Yeah, I mean, if Judge just keeps going how he's going, which is just pretty average right now, he's batting like three hundred, um, like a home run a week, like right now. I mean, he's just, Tatis is going off. Tatis yeah. is hammered like four or five straight. Yeah. I mean he, he's insane. He had a lead off home run in like two or three straight games. I mean, he's just insane. That's true. Yeah, I mean I, I could definitely see the argument for it. I mean, and he's he's fielding a thousand percent, you mm-hmm. know. Like he just has not made an error yet this year. Yeah, he's just been super consistent. And, he's just he's yeah. lightning in a ball. I said that um on Friday. He, and and he has four steals. I mean, he's just insanely athletic, really, really fast. Um, just can hit the ball a ton. He has hit the ball a ton. Yeah, I mean, I was completely wrong. I am by far 100 percent the subject of my own high school take. Mm. Um, he's been, he's been great. That hurts, man. I, yeah, I did want to get to one more quick story. Um, I saw an NFL.com said the uh, the Texans three bold predictions for the the Houston Texans. Um, in 2020. One, um, that Watson, even without DeAndre Hopkins, will still continue to perform at a Pro Bowl level. I don't think really that's all that bold. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone doubted that Deshaun Watson would still be really good. No, I think maybe you might see his stats drop a little bit. But, I mean, the talent is obviously still there. I think he's still going to put up really good numbers. I mean, yeah, obviously you lose DeAndre Hopkins, there's going to be a problem. But, I mean, I don't think that's too much of a, of a bold, bold take there. Um, two, Houston's defense will feature three rookies in his starting lineup. I can see it. I mean, they're the defensive lineman they got, Ross Blacklock, he dropped a little bit. He was actually expected to go more in the 20s. He actually dropped to the 40s, so they have got a steal there. I think he could be really good. And uh, Jonathan Grenard from Florida, who was really good, kind of dropped a little bit as well down to uh, down the 90th pick. They have a really good pass rush now with those two guys, with J.J. Watt. I mean, they got a really good pass rush. Their defense could be really good, so – I don't think that's all that crazy. No. Now, number three is where it gets a little bit crazy. Texans sign Antonio Brown to bolster the receiving (laughs) core. Well, that would be a little bit crazy. I mean, right now they have Brandon Cooks, um, Randall Cobb, Will Fuller, and Kenny Stills are their top four. And uh, I think, yeah, those those are top four. I mean, if you add Antonio Brown, that is a top one. That's a top one right there. That's the best receiving core in the league, um, at least one through five depth depth wise. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. If their fifth guy is is Randall Cobb or Kenny Stills, that's that's incredible. Um, that would be insane. I mean, Antonio Brown. He, oh God, uh, this article says he comes with baggage. That's an understatement. I mean, he's insane. So he said he he like retired or whatever, but I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to make his way back. He's suspended for the first eight games, regardless.
1: But so, I mean Antonio I mean, Brown
0: has had incredible stretches from 2013 to 2018. He it says in the article right here he averaged 114 receptions for 1526 yards and 11 touchdowns per season for 5 straight years. That's insane. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean he's had like historical stats. Um so I mean that would be that would be absolutely inc- that would be crazy if they if they would sign Antonio Brown. I think that is a good bold take. I just don't think it'll happen. I don't think anyone's really ready to take on that Antonio Brown baggage right now, especially with the unknown of this season. Especially with the okay, you might sign him for this year, but what if you don't get all your games
1: and you might not even get to see him step on the field?
0: I mean, yeah. you're losing.
1: You're already signing somebody.
0: You're gonna have to pay full price for him too. Like no, a, no, you don't. You could sign him for league minimum. I mean, could, the, no. I mean, seriously, he has no leverage. He has zero leverage right now. If you if you were a team that was interested in him. You would probably be the only team interested in him, and so if he if you offered him the league minimum was at seven hundred fifty thousand, yeah, with incentives up to like one point five, you're telling me he wouldn't take that? He would have to. He's got no leverage. What is he going to say? Well, actually, I'm going to go explore other options. There is no other option, and especially if there's not another option with Deshaun Watson throwing you the football. That's true. Where I saw an article saying that Seattle might be interested in him. There's no one else. is a you're not going to get Russell Wilson everywhere. So, I mean, it wouldn't be crazy. I think a team should take a chance on him, especially right now with the whole thing, especially you could use COVID as an excuse of why you're going to pay him less. Mm-hmm. Ob- like, obviously, like I said, he has no leverage. So you could offer him very, very bottom dollar. Plus if he, if there's a problem, say, look, man, we don't know what's happening with the cap. It could go up. It could go down. You know, this is, this is, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And he would, he would probably understand that. Well, he's crazy. So we don't, know. <laughs> He he tends to be a little out there. So we don't know. But, I mean, realistically, his age is probably going to be like, okay, yeah, seriously, this is a good deal right now. We should take it. Plus, you get back in the league, you know. I think a team should sign him. I don't know if a team will. But, yeah, that that's definitely, I mean, as advertised, that's definitely a bold take for the uh, for the Texans in 2020. Oh, absolutely.
1: But, uh, yeah, that just about wraps up our first segment. Um, make sure you stick around for next. We will have the divisional round, the segment. Yeah, some on- news. We'll get to the, uh, the Astros
0: and the – and the A's, a little fight yeah, there, little and then get all. to the Big Ten, a little, little more in-depth. Yeah. And, then, yeah, like you said, the, uh, the individual segment.
1: Yeah, then we will have the NFC North for you today, so don't go anywhere. Make sure you stick around. That was the first segment of The Issue.
0: What up? We are back. Segment two here um, on The Issue. going to get jump right into the news here. Um, obviously, the big news right now is out of the Big Ten. Um, they said it says Big Ten presidents moved to the verge of not playing college football this fall due to the coronavirus. Um, that's obviously devastating. That would be terrible. Oh, that would be awful. Uh, I mean, I, I, yeah. you want to talk a little bit about it? I mean, listen,
1: we have seen the proof, I, like we talked about in the first segment. We've seen the proof that it can be done, that you can get – Cases, you know, lowered. You can lower the cases if you just follow the the guidelines. I
0: mean, look at the NBA and the uh, and the NHL bubble.
1: Yeah, they're doing great. They're perfect. They're fine. So is Michigan. That's a proof that it can happen in college football. Zero cases on three hundred and fifty-three of the last administered tests. Zero positive cases of COVID. Yeah. So I mean, it's been proven they can do it. And here's the thing: they should have. I've been talking about this for probably, you know, since we've started doing the podcast. Look, like, they had the most time. Football had the most time out of any sport yeah, to NFL figure out what Indians, to do about yeah, this. Yeah. They had the most time, and they're seriously going to talk about possibly canceling the season. It just seems like they're just so ill-prepared at this point. I mean, yeah. it says that. Like, what would you guys do for four months? Did you guys literally just sit in a dark room and stare, in,
0: like, at a corner of a wall? And it it then says right here, multiple up? persons with knowledge of the process said Monday morning that presidents voted 12-2 to 2 to end the season. Um, but the Big Ten said Monday that no official vote had been taken. Okay, so official vote, sweet. It could have definitely been an unofficial vote. Things happen behind the scenes all the time. It's just not good. It's just really not good. Most of the teams are still practicing right now. Um, I don't know. It's expected though that the Pac-12 will most likely follow if the Big Ten if the Big Ten cancels. If one cancels, they're all canceling. I'm telling you right now. It seems like the SEC has got a gun. Um, their their commissioner, Greg Sankey, said that that uh, they haven't stopped trying, trying to figure this out. Um, they, they says the he says that we continue to support, educate, and care for student athletes every day, and we'll continue to do so. So,
1: I mean, I mean there's they're, they're, they clearly look
0: like they know what they're doing a little bit more. It seems like the Big Ten's kind of a uh, look a tire all, fire right now. All I'm saying is, if one cancels. Then
1: the other ones won't have much of a problem doing it, right? Nobody wants to be the first one to drop out, but if one does, I we bet you the other lot. ones, the <laughs> other ones that voice concerns will drop out as
0: well. I guarantee you. I think the Pac-12 will be second. I think the SEC is going to play. I think the Big Twelve is the next most likely to, to know, still I'm play. Saying, and then I would say ACC. I'm just saying that'll give every
1: that'll give everyone an excuse to if something comes up, they can do it, yeah, and
0: without really too much resistance because
1: they can be oh they did it too. <laughs>
0: I think, yeah, I agree. It's almost like monkey see, monkey do type of thing. Like, yeah. um Which is like an old saying. Um, no, I mean, it, it makes it easier to cancel the season if you could point to someone saying, well, well they canceled. And uh, clearly they think that that's better. And what if they have different experts that see something else? And it's, it's, a, it's, a, real, it's a real possibility. Yeah. Well,
1: uh, do we get to the divisional segment now? I think we do. All right. Well, we have the NFC North uh for you guys today. uh basically predicting what we think the teams records are going to be, um some of the top players in the division, talking about the overall MVP of the division, the offensive MVP, defensive mm-hmm. MVP, pop player, you know, somebody that we think is going to come out and have a big season after kind of having an average one last year, and uh our top rookie. So, very um, a lot of good, a lot of good stuff coming up for you guys here, and we're just gonna jump right into it. So we're gonna go bottom up, like we always do. And uh, in fourth place, finishing dead last in the division, we have the Lions going three and thirteen.
0: They're a tire fire. <laughs> I just like that. I just really think they're bad. Um, I mean seriously, outside of Matt Stafford, who do they have? I mean Jeff Okuda. Yeah, that's a great ad. How wide. That's easy. I think he's gonna be a really good DB. You've seen Ohio State DBs work before. Mm-hmm. But sweet, you know, build you are right, you're right, Detroit. You guys should build around that DB. Instead of trading up to get to you guys or even taking two um, You're right. You definitely should have drafted a cornerback who will not um not affect your franchise much whatsoever, considering yeah. you have no talent around him. Um let me know how it goes though, building around him. I'm all I'm all ears here. Yeah. Um no, seriously. They're going to on six in their division. I mean, do you see them beating anyone else? The division's loaded. The Bears are the third best team, and their defense loaded is loaded. Their defense is insane. Yeah. Khalil Mack, Hakeem Hicks, Eddie Jackson, I mean, it's insane. And if they can get Mitch Trubisky to play better or even Nick Foles to be like a 20-touchdown, six-pick guy mm-hmm. who throws for like 3,300 yards and completes 66% of his passes, that's a 9-7, 10-6 football team. Like, the Lions really don't stand a chance if that's the third best team in the division. Yeah. I'm um, good the lines were even worse. Yeah. So that's I mean, three and thirteen is pretty
1: I'm I'm we went through the schedules and, and we make these predictions and we kinda we break down every single game, really. That's how we, you know, make these predictions. And uh I mean, it's just tough to find a game
0: that they could even steal to move up from three and thirteen. I mean, like four and twelve would be such a stretch. Like really <laughs> I, they're, they just are not good. No. Um,
1: but anyway, moving up into third in the division here is where we have the Bears. Okay, we have the Bears at number three at nine and seven,
0: just a tick above
1: 500.
0: I, I mean, I don't think that's an incredibly like crazy to think. Their, their defense is obviously loaded. Their pass rush is incredible. Their mm-hmm. linebackers continue to get better. Oh, my gosh. Especially insane. Roquan Smith, who he's a top 12 backer already. He's only 21 years old. Um, out of Georgia, I think he's going to continue to get better. He's he's definitely a pop player. Um, yeah, that's who my
1: pop player is.
0: He's definitely a pop player type of candidate. I mean, he's already been really good. I think he could be really pop as a top three linebacker. I mean, their secondary is pretty good. I mean, Eddie Jackson on the back end is an absolute ball hawk. He just finds the ball a lot. Um, and like I said earlier, if their quarterback situation could be fixed a little bit, they can run the ball pretty well. If they can get their quarterback situation like halfway fixed – um, they're a nine-win football team, which is pretty good for, for a very limited offensive team. Mm-hmm. I mean, on offense are very limited. Um, there's just not a lot of talent on the offensive side, but I mean nine wins would be would be good for this team. I would say ten isn't out of the realm and and neither is eight, eight and eight again. Um, I would say nine and seven is is likely if you go through their schedule. That's
1: probably the most likely, yeah. Yeah, if you
0: go through their schedule.
1: Um Number two in the division, moving up one. Uh, we got the Packers sitting at twelve and four. Um, and I'm actually just going to throw in number one while we're at it because it is a tie this week. We have the Packers and the
0: Vikings tied for that top spot in the division, both yeah. at twelve and four. We have the uh, we have the Vikings ahead because uh, I think they're going to go five and one in the division. Uh, I see the Packers splitting with both the Bears and the Vikings, and then sweeping the Lions. So I have the Bears at, or the uh, the Packers at four and two in the division and the Vikings at five and one, I think they, they lose the, to the Packers once and that's it. I think they sweep the other two teams. Although, um, Chicago plays them very tough. So it wouldn't be a shock if those teams, uh, both go four and two in the division. You need to go further down the line for a, uh, for a tiebreaker. But, um, I like the Vikings, but we'll go to the Packers right now. I mean, people are going to say, well, how do you, how do you have them taking a step back? Okay. Like 13, three is great, but like that's, generally like a really really good season like that doesn't historically happen all that often there's like one or two teams a year usually um which isn't a lot 32 teams one does it a year like that that's it's not a lot so 13 is really really good 12 and four is more more realistic I mean yes they still have a top six quarterback in Aaron Rodgers but he's not getting any younger I mean yes he's still deadly accurate and really really efficient but he tends to throw it away a little bit. There's going to be a little bit of controversy this year. So, I mean, yes, he's going to be playing angry, which I think it will help. Um, and plus his second year in Matt LaFleur's system, I don't see them flopping, but I just don't see them at 13-3 again. Um, but statistically, they have a top three running back, a top three wide receiver, I would say a top six quarterback with Aaron Rodgers. Their pass rush was really good last year with Zadarius Smith and uh, Preston Smith. I mean, I mean, obviously they're going to get even better in Matt LaFleur's second year. They're at least an 11 win football team. I am. I have a 12 and four. So, like I said, just slightly behind what they were last year, 13 and three. But they're going to be a very, very good football team. They're going to be very competitive. They're not going to when they're in their four losses. They're not going to lose by a lot. Um, they're going to be really good. I just I think the Vikings are a well more well rounded roster. That's why I have them above above the Packers. Yeah, I mean I would definitely agree with everything
1: you said and the Vikings have a great quarterback in Kirk Cousins.
0: Yeah, people don't see it. Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback. Really good quarterback. He's very reliable, dependable. Uh, uh I mean, you could I mean, you could dump on Kirk Cousins all you want, but he's a very, very solid quarterback. He's a top 10 quarterback. Kirk Cousins is a top 10 quarterback in this league. Great. I mean, that's just facts. He's just he's a top 10 statistical quarterback in the league. Um, The last, like, two years, 56 touchdowns, 16 picks. An average of, like, 103 passer rating. Yeah. <laughs> really? Like, last year – or, 2018, he completed 70% of his passes. Last year, 69%. Like, he's just a really, really good quarterback. Career pass rating, 97. Like, that's really good. Okay, he's got an above two um touchdown-interception ratio. He's just a very, very solid quarterback. And he just keeps getting better since he's been – in Minnesota, like I said, two years, 56 touchdowns, 16 picks. Yeah, Average pass ran into 103. I mean, he's only going to get better. Um, and he's only 31. Like, people think he's a lot – he plays a lot older than he is. He's only 31 years old. He's got a lot of talent left in him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's why I think they're going to be a very good football team. And they're just all-around talent. They have a top five probably roster in the league. Um, their defense is, is very, very deep. Deep. They have four guys at any moment that can get to the quarterback. Um, Daniil Hunter, obviously one of them. Wasn't rated right in the top 100 NFL players. He had a bit of a down year, but still a, very, a really good pass rush, really good defensive lineman. And their linebacker, of course, deep. Michael Kendricks is really good. Um, he, he got rated right in the top 100 finally, finally getting appreciated. Um, and then on the back end, Anthony and Harrison, Harrison Smith, the, easily the best safety duo and the best back end uh, duo in the league. And Dalvin Cook's a top five running back. It's it's undeniable what he can do out of the backfield, along with getting the handoff. I mean, he's very well rounded. Um, just like this team, and Justin Jefferson will, will, I think, fit better with Adam Thielen than Stephon Diggs will. Um, Diggs has kind of that big personality, cause some trouble. I think Justin Jefferson's going to insert really nicely. Yeah. And then Kyle Rudolph, great tight end. He's top ten tight end in the league. So, they they just don't really have a lot of weak spots. Yeah, they're, there's they're not there's not a, an obvious like weak spot on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're going to be maybe twelve and four. Look at their schedule. I would say twelve and four. I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I definitely see them doing better in the division. I I, I agree. I think they're more. I think they're idea. the most talented. When you have, yeah, we have the depth
0: like that. Yeah, they
1: have the most depth, and they have, like just they're just so talented. The, the most talented team in the NFC North. Um, and and that's proven the way they play too. A great team uh but I do want to get into now MVPs of the division. Yeah, who's okay? your MVP? My MVP Aaron Rodgers. Okay. He's just been so consistent for so long and yep. consistency is everything in this league. You want to be great, you got to be good over a long period of time and that is Aaron Rodgers. That
0: separates people.
1: Yeah. Um he's just been absolutely insane. I mean
0: his stats have declined a little bit but I mean he is still just very good and also the fact that people point to his decline stats last year but it's a power running football team yeah. you know if you look at the, I mean the new formula for an old, older quarterback like that um, I mean you saw with Peyton Manning you saw with Tom Brady you even saw with Joe Montana when he went to Kansas City it was a run first offense yeah run the, ball the running on the ball. game and play action got them to the fourth quarter and made it competitive and that's when you rely on the moxie and the talent of Aaron Rodgers that way he doesn't have to throw it 30 times in the first three quarters and he can't get you down the field that last drive if he throws it 20 times in the first three quarters, maybe 25. And then that last drive of the game, you can go out there and throw four or five, five passes. Still got juice in him. Still got life in him. Yeah. Um, plus, you're keeping, you're keeping him off balance um, with a better running game. So, I think that's why his stats declined a little bit. I still think he's a top six quarterback in the league. Oh, he's been just so, just so good
1: for so long. And uh, he's not declining that much. If he is, it's very
0: small. Yeah. Um, I have an MVP. Who you got? I got Dalvin Cook. Okay. Um, a little younger? A little bit going on, going on the younger side of things here. He's just so good. I mean, yeah. he's just the speed, uh, the acceleration. People will say, well, he only plays like 13 games a year. Yeah, and he's still putting up top five stats. Um, so that's saying something. He's just very valuable to this team. Without the running game, I think Kirk Cousins is very good. But if you say, hey, Kirk, go single-handedly without a running game or weapons, win us a game, he's just not. He's not that Mahomes-level talented. Yeah. But when he's surrounded with a really good running game, an, an average offensive line, and, and good weapons, he's a really top-ten quarterback. So I think Dalvin Cook is superbly valuable in that. And um, that he needs – they need to have a running game for the rest of their team to kind of work. Yeah. Um, so valuable, most valuable player, I would say Dalvin Cook. He's just very talented, really really good running back. Like okay. I said, he can catch it out of the backfield, but he can run it with, with the best of them. So Yeah. But – For my overall offensive MVP. Not including our. Not
1: including. Our MVP pick. pick. Yep. You can't include an MVP pick. So I'm going to go
0: with Kirk Cousins. I I think that's completely realistic. I think the Vikings, if he plays bad, could be a 10-6 football team. If he plays good, they could be as good as 13-3. Yeah. I mean, they're a powerhouse team. They just need
1: everybody to play together. That's been he, Minnesota's Kirk, problem for a
0: while. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It seems like Kirk Cousins is almost like, almost like the glue there. Like if every, like all the pieces are there, as long as Kirk can kind of hold it together and be good enough, yeah, they're always going to be an eleven to twelve win football, like an eleven win football team. Absolutely, they're going to be a playoff team as long as he can be consistent, complete sixty eight plus percent of his passes, like he's been, even sixty seven percent plus. About to say 67 percent. Yeah, if he can just continue to be relatively efficient. And not turn the ball over. Yeah. Um that's really the big thing. Yeah, fifty six touchdowns, to pick. sixteen picks, that's really good. Yeah. You know, it's just that's just really good.
1: Great stats. Um
0: who you got? I got I got Devontae Adams. All right. Because Aaron Rodgers, yes, like I said, he I mean people all that do the dude, oh Aaron doesn't have any talent. Okay, well, actually he's got a top three league wide right, wide receiver and a top three running back, um, in Aaron Jones. And he's actually has a probably top one left tackle in, in David Bakhtiari. So he's got the guys around him. And Devontae Adams is one of those guys. He's really, really refined route runner. Understands how to get separation. Um, seems like he changes his game plan from week to week to get separation. Uh, I think that is what separates him. He just prepares so well. Um, he's a, he's Like I said, he's a top three wide receiver in this league. And uh, him being Aaron's only big-time weapon on the outside is, is huge. And that's what makes him my offensive most valuable player. Like I said, um, without him, uh, Green Bay's just court, not as good. Yeah. yeah, Green Bay is just simply not as good. They just don't have enough weapons at that point.
1: Yeah. This third
0: category we can both agree on because yep. it is – Probably not even close. Unanimously, Khalil Mack. I would say, I mean, maybe Zadarius Smith from the Packers who had 13 and a half sacks last year, statistically had a better season than Khalil Mack. But Khalil Mack's dominant.
1: He's it's just a, such
0: a. I don't really think a lot needs to be said about no. that. Go look up the highlights; they speak for himself. He's a grown man playing against against boys.
1: Yeah,
0: um, is what it looks like when he's out there. He's just really, really big, quick. Uses his hands extremely well. Hits incredibly hard. Yeah, he's just he, and he can, um, run defense and uh, and pass rush. He's just very well rounded. Yeah, he is. Um, drops back in coverage too a little bit, a little bit when they plays. Uh, you never know when they're when they're in yeah. Training. Um and then for pop player, who you got? I got TJ Hawkinson. He's uh the tight end for the Lions. I know I predict them to be bad. Uh his second year he's at Iowa, which has been, you know, tight end U recently with George Kittle and and uh, Noah Fan. Now TJ Hawkinson. They just they just produce really good um NFL tight ends. And I think TJ Hawkinson's next. He's very physical. Um he, he has that almost like George Kittle quality and to where he likes to block. Um, he's not as, like, outgoing and kind of crazy as George Kittle is, and he's not athletic, as athletic, but he can he can block really well, which means you never really have to take him off the field. Um, and he can catch really well. He's a really good red zone target. Mm-hmm. So I think it, I wouldn't be surprised if he catches eight touchdowns and, and goes for just under 1,000 yards, if not over 1,000 yards, and significantly improves our run game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got Roquan Smith. I mean, we talked about him earlier. Twenty one uh, years old and he's a top twelve linebacker. Just incredibly big and fast. I mean he's just He's got he's got you know He's huge. He's huge and he's quick. I mean He's got the intangibles Like imagine him running at you. Like just imagine him just like actually running like full tilt I'm, at you. And gonna hit you. I mean six one. I mean he, he's he's six one, I don't know how much he weighs, but he's Oh, uh, two hundred twenty nine pounds. Six one two twenty nine? I mean that's insane. You imagine him running full tilt at you? I'll pass. Thank you. <laughs> like he's just really physical linebacker uh, at the point of attack. I'll pass. I mean, seriously, Rhodes okay. a 4 5 2. That's moving for that size. Um, just a, incredibly physical. Yeah. Um
1: gonna be I definitely think
0: he's gonna have a huge year. He's just gonna pop. Oh, yeah, head. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes for like 150 tackles. He's insane.
1: Yeah. Uh for our top rookie, I have Jeff Okuda. Uh, I think he's going to be a great addition at that uh, DB slot, and like you said, Ohio I did rip State... on him.
0: I did rip on him a little bit because, like, I don't think you build really around a cornerback. But,
1: no. but I do think he's going to be a top rookie in the league. Oh yeah, um, he's going. I mean, Ohio State produces
0: just produces
1: NFL athletes.
0: Yeah, he's just one of those people. I think him and Chase Young are those like two that you look at. Like, obviously, you, you have optimism around like Tua and Joe Burrow. But there's, like, flop potential with, with uh, Joe Burrow and Tua. You know, like, you wouldn't be overly surprised if they just didn't work out, especially the quarterback position where it can be hit and miss. Um, but coming out of the draft, you knew that Jeff Okuda or Chase Young, you looked at me, and you said, okay, like, they might not be the best out of this draft class. But if you look here in 10 years, they're still going to be – they're going to be top 10 at their respective positions. Like, they're going to be really good. Yeah, They might not be incredibly great, but they are they just have a very high floor. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I and know. an incredibly high ceiling too. Oh huh? yeah, it's still indeed incredibly high ceiling. I wouldn't be surprised if you look up and you see Chase Young as a top three pass rusher this year. Um, but I think they're just both very very solid. Like there's just very little flaw potential with them. And they have a lot of growing to do. I mean, oh yeah, I mean they're still and they're they're only going to get better. Yeah, learning from from pros. Yeah, who you got? I, I got Justin Jefferson with the Vikings. Like I said, I don't think that Dig Stealing thing was a like a really good scenario. Um they're both volume receivers, and there's just not enough volume to go around, especially in an offense that's power run with Dalvin Cook and uh, and their running back committee. So I think that Justin Jefferson, if he can get six targets a, a game and, and catch four or five of them for 70 yards as a rookie, that'll be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, adds seven or eight touchdowns. If you look at the end of the year and you say, oh, dang, he almost had 1,000 yards. He had eight touchdowns, a lot of catches, you know. Um, to go alongside Adam Thielen to pull some some attention away from Adam Thielen, I think that that's good. I think he's gonna be a top rookie in the division.
1: Yeah, totally agree with that. And uh, that just wraps up our divisional segment. So that's the NFC North for you guys. Heard our MVPs, uh, you know, offensive, defensive pop, and the top rookie. Yeah, and that the division as it stands. We have the Vikings and the Packers tied at the top, but we do have the Vikings In the over tiebreaker because the divisional uh, record. Yeah, so twelve and four, 12 and four, and then the Bears at nine and seven, and the Lions in last
0: at three and thirteen. So yeah, no, I mean, thanks, thank you for listening today. Hopefully, hopefully, got to the end of the episode and uh, you're still here. Yeah, if you are still here, go
1: and follow our Instagram uh, at the underscore issue podcast and our Twitter at the issue podcast. Yeah,
0: also come back. Um, Come back Wednesday because it's trivia day, and that's always like a really, really fun day. It is a fun day, and uh, you can see me totally dominate Luke. Um, yeah, we'll see. I'm just so good. We won 500 last week. I went 50, 50. Yeah, what am I? Um, 50. percent think I'm, like, I'm nine, I think I'm nine for 16 right now yeah. overall. So yeah. I'm hitting You're above above, uh, above above 500. I'm just just seeing the ball well, guys. So <laughs> I mean, tune in to watch me hit some dingers on trivia. No, yeah, and. Uh... <laughs> Yeah.
1: If you have any suggestions about segments that you want to see or things you want to see more of, make sure to DM us or comment on Instagram or Twitter. And uh, you can also send us a voice message if you go to anchor.fm.
0: Or even like a little review on anchor.fm as well. Yeah.
1: So uh, make sure you're going to Apple Podcasts, leaving us a review and uh, that five-star rating. Really appreciate it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah,
0: you know, if you think we're five-star.
1: Yeah. But uh, thanks for listening. That was The
0: Issue.